Welcome to Dear Runner Bod, the pod dedicated to helping you embrace your runner's body. I'm Serena Marie RD, a registered dietitian and body image coach who wants you to stop dieting and start fueling the athlete within. While I am a medical professional, the information on this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not meant to diagnose, treat, or cure. Now, let's start rewriting your body's story. So it is time for a review of the week. And this week's winner is Becca runs a marathon. So Becca is going to DM me at Serena Marie RD or email Serena at Serena Marie And guess what? Homegirl, she gets a totally free masterclass. She gets to choose from sugar cravings, stopping sugar cravings, learning how to hydrate and run, learning how to accept and love her body, learning all about meal planning and meal prepping as a runner. I mean, hello, how easy is this to snag a free masterclass because she just left an Apple iTunes review? So thank you, Becca, for leaving this review. Very delighted to gift you a masterclass. Just send me a message. However, I'm sure you're dying to know what Becca said. So I'm going to share it with you. Um, Becca had to say, I follow Serena on Instagram and have been following along on the pod as well. All of her content is extremely helpful for runners looking to learn more about fueling properly. The way it is presented is also extremely digestible, no pun intended, and reduces overwhelm when there is so much information out there. Listening to this pod has helped me to challenge my internalized view of my body and in a good and positive way. Thank you, Serena, for all you put out there. Becca, I have the biggest smile on my face. Thank you for taking the time to leave this message. It helps more people find the podcast and it really, really, really means a lot to me to just know that I'm helping to rewrite the way you think about your body. Today's episode is really fun because we are going to be chatting with Danielle. Danielle is just a a runner. I hate to say just because that sounds like I'm dismissing all of the great things she is in life. She is a teacher. She is a runner. But my point being is she is not a run coach or a nutritionist. She's really just a runner who wants to share her story. And the reason I gravitated towards her story is because she has overcome two major surgeries. She has really just, you know, kind of stood in the face of being told like, you can't run, this isn't for you. And she has like come out on top and has the most inspiring energy about her. And I really think if you were somebody who has struggled with injury in the past or are going through a time right now where you're struggling with injury or you can't run because of injury, I really feel like you need this message because Danielle is just so inspiring. She had a hip arthroscopy surgery in November, 2021. And then she had a total hip replacement in 2023. And she has run marathons. She has come back from her injury and then gotten injured again and come back again. And really her story is one that I think we all can relate to and, and really, really, really learn from her um, amazing spirit. So super excited for you to chat with Danielle today. And if you would like to follow her comeback journey on Instagram, you can find her at Danielle underscore runs underscore. And I will have the link to follow her in the show notes. Welcome to another episode of Dear Runner Bod. Today I have Danielle on the podcast. Hello, Danielle. Hi there. How are you? I'm doing awesome. I am so excited to chat with you because I feel like 
your story is the story of so many women and like we need to hear from you. We need to hear how you got through it. So Danielle, do you mind sharing a little bit like the beginning of how you got into running? Sure. So I would run here and there in my early 20s. Um, I would do like a 5K with my dad once a year for fun. And actually it started one New Year's Eve. I was like, I'm going to set a goal for myself. This year I'm going to run a 10K. I'm going to do it. I'm going to train for a 10K. And I did. And I absolutely loved it. And I actually ended up like placing third in my age group. And I was like, wow, like this might be something that I'm good at. Um, So it kind of spiraled from there. After the 10K, I was like, oh, there's this local 10 mile race. I'm going to sign up for that. That sounds fun. And then I was like, now I'm only three miles away from a half marathon. Like, let's do that. And it kind of really just spiraled out of control from there. And I really started to enjoy training for races and it became like one of my favorite things to do. I love that. I love that. Like you were like, oh, I just ran a, like a 10K. I might as well run a half marathon. Like basically that is like runner math to a chain. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I love it. Um, okay. So you started running and it sounds like it was just kind of like on a whim. It was something you enjoyed and something that helped you set goals and have fun with it. Yeah, absolutely. I really started to fall in love with like having a training plan and following the schedule and just motivating myself to do something and really challenging myself to, you know, get better at something. And um, I never really expected it to turn into what it did. And I just really started to love it so much. And it was really such a good whim and such a good thing to try out because it brought me really a lot of joy and a lot of a lot of fun. Do you mind me asking, was this something you started doing like like recently or is it something you've been doing now for like 20 years? Like when did this happen? Oh, very recently. So um, I think I ran my first half marathon in 2018. It was like right before COVID. So pretty recently, um, definitely later on in life for sure. Okay, cool. I mean, you're still, you're young. So it's not like, it's not like really late in life, but right. You're not doing it since childhood. So yeah. I actually have a question, like, do you, did you have any trouble kind of like shifting into that identity as a runner and calling yourself a runner since you did start a little bit later on in life? Definitely. Um, I feel like I ran, you know, a couple of half marathons and I was dedicating a lot of my time to running and training. Um, but when people I knew would comment about like, oh, you're a runner or oh, you're this, I kind of was like, mm, you know, it was hard for me to kind of take that on until um, you know, more recently where I was like, wow, like I really have spent a lot of time doing this and committing to this and learning about how to do this. So only recently I was like, yeah, like I'm a runner and kind of embodied that identity and shared that with other people. See, I always think that's interesting because I started running in high school. And mm -hmm. so I never really had this identity crisis. Like I, I think it's just because I started doing it in childhood. Like I've always identified as a runner, yeah. but I find this is so common in like adults who take on running for some reason, there's this disconnect of like, if you're not in the Olympics, then mm -hmm. you're not allowed to say you're a runner. It's Definitely. so funny. So like, what, what do you think? made you make the switch where now you're like, okay, I'm a runner now. I think it was kind of, I hate to say this, just having all these issues and kind of, I keep coming back and overcoming them. I'm like, okay, like this is something that I am good at. I'm willing to put in the time for it. And it doesn't matter, you know, how fast or slow I am. Like I'm still doing this and this is still a big part of who I am. Okay. I actually think this is like such a juicy 
transition segue into today's topic, which is really talking about overcoming injury. And I want to just piggyback off of that. Whenever I work with newer runners, you know, inevitably they get injured. There's a shin splint. There's, you know, whatever, something happens, right? And the first thing I always say is like, congrats, now you're a runner. (laughs) You've gotten injured. Like, welcome to the club, right? Um, So I think it's really funny that your history with injury has actually been the thing that gave you permission to embody or or really identify as being a runner. So Danielle, we're laughing about it, but I'm sure it was a miserable journey here. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about what, what, actually, what was your first, your first running injury? Do you remember? Um, so my first running injury, um, it happened maybe around 2020, like right in the middle of COVID. Um, I had torn my labrum and that was incredibly painful. And, um, I actually have a genetic condition where I have hip dysplasia and bad hips just run in my family. So I knew I had this condition. Um, and I, you know, I was running and it was fine. And all of a sudden I was injured and I found out that I had this tear. Um, so I went to all these different doctors and, you know, some people didn't want to operate on it. They were like, oh, you had just had to let it go away. Or this is a common injury. You just kind of have to deal with it. Um, but it actually was, it was really bad. It was to the point where I, I couldn't get in and out of my car. I couldn't walk up the stairs. It was really like impacting my overall well-being in my life. Um, so I actually did end up getting it surgically repaired. Um, so I got it repaired. And while they were doing that, they resurfaced my hip because I had developed bone spurts from the hip dysplasia and the arthritis that I had. Um, so yeah, that was my first surgery that I had. <laughs> that was a, like a doozy of a first running injury. Like yes. I thought you were be like, oh, I had some shin splints. No, no like, we're right for the big one. Yeah, you you dove in hard. Do you remember um like did you realize something was wrong in your hip while you were running? Like, did you have that moment of like, ooh, something something just happened? I never felt it just happen, but being a true runner. And sometimes, you know, we like to do silly things. I just kept running and running and running. And I was like, oh, I feel a little something, but you know, that's normal. Or if I keep running, I'll get stronger and that pain will go away. Um, And then it just, it kept getting worse. So I don't remember the actual moment of it happening, but I remember feeling like, oh, it's getting worse and not better. And I kind of have to do something about this. Yeah. And I think that's really interesting. So I also have a torn labrum. Mm -hmm. It sounds like mine is much less like um, torn than yours was. This is not a medical term here. Um, But I had a very specific moment. Like I was running the Ted Corbett. um, I think it was like 2017 or 2018. And I like felt it tear and I felt the clicking. And, you know, I also was an idiot and like kept running. Um, But (laughs) like, I had this very specific moment of like, I just hurt myself. Um, So that's so interesting that we, we experienced that differently. Yeah. I think mine was because I had the arthritis. Like I think I had a small tear and it just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger because I kept aggravating it. And when I did have the surgery, the surgeon was like, it was very, very large of a tear. So. (laughs) Okay. Well do it, do it big or not at all, I guess. (laughs) That's your motto over there. Yeah, it is. Uh, Okay. So you tore your hip and you had surgery. So, um, I guess my first question would be, do you think Danielle 
you've learned your lesson here in terms of like, I think a lot of times, like I've been running a very long time, um, like over 20 years. And I definitely had a very long learning curve where I would get injured and I would run through it and I Mm -hmm. would try and be hardcore like that. And I feel like it's really only very recently that maybe in the last three years where if I'm injured, I'm like, okay, like I need to rest. I need to chill. And I'm wondering, like, did that experience teach you your lesson or do you feel like that is still a lesson you're still learning? I, so the, the first surgery I had, I knew when I was having it and I had gotten cortisone shots. So I was feeling good. I actually ran my first marathon a month before I had that surgery and I knew I had the injury. So I, that definitely, I wouldn't say I had learned my lesson then. Um, but I think after my most recent surgery, I'm now like, okay, if something feels like I've exerted myself too much, or if I need an extra rest day, I'm definitely like much kinder with myself now and take the extra rest day. And I think now I realize, okay, in the long term, does it matter if I didn't hit all four runs that week? No, it doesn't really matter. But will it matter if I aggravate myself and set myself back months? It will. So I think finally, after multiple surgeries and multiple comebacks, I'm like, okay, let's be smart. It doesn't matter in the long term. I want to live a long, healthy running life. And it's more important to give myself the rest when I need it than to, to push it and be stupid. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I hate to say this, but I think we all have to learn this lesson in this, like, very painful way. Because mm-hmm. I know I had more seasoned runners tell me, you know, throughout my 20s, like, Serena, like, if you're hurting, just stop running. Don't run the race. Like, who cares? And I, I couldn't do it. Like, physically, like, I could not make my my brain except the fact that I wasn't going to run. And, you know, I always tell my clients, like, I think seasoned runners like really do have that confidence of like, Hey, guess what? I don't run that race. That's fine. I have other races in my future. I miss my run. Like who cares? I have other training runs that I'm, I'm saving myself for, but it's just so funny because it's like time and time again, we all have to learn that lesson in like the hardest way possible. I, I completely agree. And I feel like the people that I know that have been running for a long time and I view as very successful runners do take those rest days or do say, hey, I sent them for their race and I'm I'm sick or my body's not feeling it. And they just don't run it. And in the past, I'd be like, oh my gosh, like I, I can't imagine signing up for a race and then not showing up the day of the race and running it no matter what. But that's such a silly mentality. I mean, there's always another race. There's always another day to run and it's it's better to play it smart for sure. Yeah. And I think it really plays into that like ego piece, right? Of like, what are other people going to think of me? Like, what do I think of myself? Like, what does this mean about me as a runner, as an athlete? And it's like, it means you have a fever. (laughs) It means you have an injury. Like that is literally the extent of what it means. So absolutely. Okay. So um, we have kind of like spilled the beans here. You have had two pretty <laughs> significant surgeries on your hip. Um, okay. So you hurt your hip and I guess kind of walk us through, like you noticed your hip was hurting and it sounds sure. like you're kind of managing with cortisone. Like were you yeah. running? Did you run races? So I was, I was running races prior to my first, the, prior to the labrum repair surgery. I was running races. I got in the cortisone shots. I ran my first marathon. I had the surgery a month after I ran the marathon. And then I, you know, I did my physical therapy. I recovered. I was being so smart. I was strength training. I was cross training. I was stretching, you know, all the things that we should do. And uh, less than a year after the labrum repair surgery, I ran the New York City Marathon, which was an incredible experience. 
Um, you earned it. Like that is like, yeah, I was like, I'm so smart. I'm doing the right thing. I worked back slowly. I really like focused so hard on my comeback and really playing it smart and playing it safe. Um, but while I was training for the marathon, um, I was getting like these pains and I'm like, Hmm, like something doesn't feel right. I'm not exerting too much. I'm doing all the things I should do. Why do I feel this way? And, um, the doctor that I had this first surgery with was like, Oh, maybe you're overexerting. Maybe this, maybe that. Um, and right after I ran the New York city marathon, about a month or two later, I was training for the New York city half and I was running again. And I remember there was a day and I was like, okay, like something's not right again. Like something's really not right. Like it's not just that dull pain that I had. Now I'm getting like, after I run, I can't walk properly. I'm having a hard time getting out of the car again. I can't get up the stairs again. Um, and finally I went to the doctor. I was like, listen, something is really wrong and I need to know what it is. So I went to get an MRI mm-hmm. and I had torn my labrum again after all of that. The same one? The same one. Wow. I had retorn my labrum. And also the doctor was like, your arthritis is significant. You have no cartilage left. Wow. Yeah. So it was, it was very, it was very devastating for me. I cried and cried and cried over it. Um, you know, I had worked so hard to come back and I thought that I was going to be in the clear for a while. And um, 18 months later, I needed to have another surgery. So it was, it was definitely a really, a tough thing to hear. And it was a really tough time for me personally. So if it's okay, if we can kind of dig into that tough time, because here you are now, like brimming with like, I don't know, you just seem so happy and I can tell you love running and you are a runner. And so can we talk about like, how did you get through that? Like if someone's listening right now and they're in that phase where it is devastating, I think that's the perfect word. Yeah. Like what did you do, Daniel, to get through that? Um, so I knew I was kind of like at the end of the road, so to speak, until I had my hip replacement surgery. So I really just started to find other ways to move that felt good to me and still kind of gave me that, you know, those endorphin rush without kind of injuring myself. Um, so I started walking a lot. Um, I went on my Peloton and I have to say, one of the things that I really love about running is like the community of running, like running with my friends and meeting people at races. And it was tough for me. Like, oh, I'm not meeting my friend Wednesday morning to go for a run. Um, That was really difficult for me. But I have to say, I have some really supportive friends that were like, let's go for a walk or let's take our bikes out and kind of get that same experience that we would get running. Um, So that was really helpful for me just to kind of find a way to move and have those social interactions in a way that was safe for me until I could get, you know, everything taken care of. Yeah, I think that's such good advice. And I even love that you made that connection with your friend and like figured out other ways to see those people because those friendships and those relationships do become so important to us. And then when we're losing that along with running, it's like double the grief. It's like, I can't hang out with my friend and I can't run. Like that is too much to handle. And so I love that you were like, wait a second, my friend is still available. (laughs) I just need to like figure out a different way to hang out with her. Um, And the other thing I just want to kind of even like congratulate you and um, and acknowledge here is that I find a lot of times when I'm working with injured athletes that 
it's almost like they're so angry that they can't move in the way they want, which is running, that mm. they almost spite themselves. And I'm not saying this in like a judgmental way because yeah. I have done this too. <laughs> like I am like guilty as charged over here, but it's like the screw it mentality of like, I can't run then I'm just going to lay on the couch and like watch TV and be upset and be sad and grieve the loss of running. Did you have any of that experience? Oh, I absolutely did. I I was just telling my husband the other day that I had like I cried so many tears last year and I would just allow myself to be sad about it and cry and be like, okay, you know, there's nothing I can do about it. Like feel the way I'm feeling and then let's let's find a way to channel this energy into something else. Um because I didn't want to get into I wanted to feel what I wanted to feel about it, but I didn't want it to let it like run my life. Um and, you know, I had so many other things to be, you know, happy about. I had just gotten a new job that I really liked. And, you know, I had want to spend time with my family. And I was like, oh, now I have a little bit more time to spend with my family because I'm not running so much. So I tried to spin it in a positive way, but also still let myself be really, like, upset and disappointed and, and like you're saying, angry about it. Because I, I really was angry because I felt like I had done all the right things and this still happened to me. And that's, you know, infuriating, so to speak. Um so yeah, I definitely let myself feel those feelings and then tried to just channel my energy elsewhere so I didn't wallow too much. Yeah, and that's such a healthy thing to do of like, I I always say this with my clients is like, we can feel two things at once. And I think yeah. sometimes like that realization is is lost on people like oh I can be sad and I can cherish like the things that I do have right and again like when you're really in like the midst of the grief when you just got the diagnosis like it's okay to be like really mad and upset and crying and sad for days and days right yeah. but I love what you said where it was like eventually I got to the point where it's like okay, like what silver linings are there and I think that is such golden advice to anyone who's going through it right now is like what can you do with the extra time? I know you don't want yeah. the extra time, but it is there. What can you do with it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay. So I want to ask you a question, which I don't know if you'll if you'll have a, an answer for it, but we're talking about this anger and we're talking about how like you had done all of the right things, right? Like mm -hmm. you were a A plus student. You did the PT, <laughs> you did the cross training, you did the mm -hmm. stretching, and then your body got injured again. Did you have um, anger towards your body, like specifically feeling anger towards like the physical body that you live in? It's It was a very weird kind of disconnect because I was like, my mind and my lungs and the rest of my body can do, you know, I can go run 20 miles, but it's like my hip doesn't want to let me do these things that the rest of my body can do. So it almost feels like you're, you're two separate entities. Like I want to do this. My soul wants to do this, but my body is saying this. So it is a very strange feeling where you kind of feel like your body has let you down. Um, which is hard too, because there are people, you know, whose bodies don't allow them to do these things in the first place. So you have that kind of duality of like, I'm mad at my body, but my body can still do these other things. So I don't want to be too mad at it. Um, but yeah, there definitely is a strange disconnect about how my mind feels and how my body is operating at the time. So like, how do you think, or like, do you think you've forgiven your, I don't know if you've thought about this even, but like, do you forgive your body? Like, how did you kind of like move through that anger? Um, I think that I, I, when I was still injured, I was still moving my body in a way that felt good. And I was thankful that I was able to still do something um, 
I know other people, especially in my family, unfortunately, it's very genetic that have had hip replacements and they were in such a bad place where they, like, they couldn't even go to work anymore. So I was thankful that I was still able to go to work and take care of my family and do those things. So I think just putting in perspective of this sucks and I hate this right now, but I can still do the things that I need to do. And I'm, I am thankful for that. Yeah. Like gratitude. It sounds like you've really focused on gratitude to like get you through and heal that, that like disconnect that was with your body. Yeah, definitely. I love this. This is like such golden advice. And, you know, I, I mentioned this in the intro, but like you're, I don't want to say just a teacher because teachers are like incredibly <laughs> important human beings that wow me and amaze me in all these different ways. But like you're, this isn't, I know this isn't your space. Like you're not usually a running coach talking about this yes. stuff. So I just think you're like, I'm so impressed to just kind of hear like really truly how you've worked through it on your own. And I think it's really, really inspiring to anyone who's going through this journey. Thank you. Yeah, I totally, I, I really, really mean it. Okay, so you had the total hip replacement, and that was this year. Yes, um, I had this the surgery five months ago, so very recent. Wow. Yes. How's it going? It's going amazing. I, um, I'm working my way back. I'm running again three days a week. Um. And I really do feel like having this surgery has given me like such an appreciation for a fully functioning body that I can walk, I can run, and I don't feel any strange aches and pains. And after the surgery, I've realized I haven't felt pain free in probably three years. Wow. So I'm just really thankful for my body feeling so great and the ability to kind of start my journey over again and start my running journey over again. Wow. And, you know, I, I want to just like, I want to take a moment to say two things. One, um, if anyone, you know, is going through a torn hip labrum situation, right? Like Danielle and I have a similar diagnosis, but like mm. our bodies are very different and therefore the way we've treated it is super different. So make sure you discuss with a healthcare provider. But I do know there is such, um, and of course it makes sense, but there's so much hesitation around surgical intervention. And so I really love to hear like this positive experience you've had. And I love that you like, you know, gave it a go and I'm sure it was terrifying. Actually, let me ask you, like, how, like, was it terrifying? Like, how did you feel <laughs> having to make that decision to get surgery? Um, so when I had the hip labrum surgery, I, I was at a point where like, I couldn't really function anymore. And I kind of felt like, I, I need to do this because I can't move and I'm, I can't sleep at night. I can barely walk. I'm so uncomfortable. This is horrible. Um, I was really nervous about that surgery because the recovery process is pretty intensive. Um, I was on crutches for two weeks. I couldn't go to work for three months. I was really limited in my mobility and I spent a lot, a lot of time in physical therapy for the labrum repair surgery. So it was pretty intensive. Um, and it was definitely a commitment for sure. I was less nervous about the hip replacement surgery because I knew the recovery was going to be actually easier than the first surgery. And I also felt like this is like kind of a final fix for me. Um, I won't get those aches and pains anymore. And I just, I was very optimistic about the way I would feel after and I was like, if I can make it through that first surgery and recover and run a marathon a year later, I'm like, I, I, I can do this for myself again and, and make it work. 
I love that. Yeah, I just I'm just so happy to have that positive feedback from you and that positive experience because like I said, I think a lot of people hear surgery and they just like shut down. Yeah. But I mean, you have had the right surgeries and the right treatment and here you are like flourishing. So, it was the right choice for you. Definitely. And I feel re- I feel really good about my choices and I'm actually kind of proud of myself for doing what really needed to be done even though it was you know, it's, it's scary to have surgery and, you know, I'm glad that I did it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really, really, again, inspiring and like really, really happy to have that perspective on the show. Um, okay. So total hip replacement, we're five months out. Um, you're in this place now where you're just experiencing all that joy and gratitude for being able to do the simplest things. I love that phase of post-injury because I feel like it's really hard to, I don't know, for me at least, it's really hard to hold on to it. You know, like I had broken my foot earlier this year and I was like, as soon as I can run again, like I'm never going to complain. And then, you know, flash forward to now I'm constantly complaining. So, uh, are you still in that like honeymoon phase where you're just yeah, so grateful? I definitely am. I've only, I've only been running for, for two months and I feel like everyone, I'm like, this is the best day ever. This is so fun. Um, and even when I have a day where like, you know, I feel sluggish or I feel slow. I'm still like, wow, like this is, this is awesome. And I get to do this and I'm really excited about being able to do it. So I'm definitely still in that honeymoon phase for sure. I love that. I like want us both to stay there forever. (laughs) It's the best (laughs) feeling. It's the best feeling. Um, Okay. That's awesome. So what are your plans right now? Are you just taking it by ear? Do you have any goals in terms of like things you want to do or run in this next year or two? So I actually just ran um, Philadelphia Marathon weekend. I ran the 8K. I'm still run walking, but I had the absolute best time ever. I had like no expectations of how I would do. And it was just, I really just had so much fun. Um, Congratulations. Thank you. Um, I have some, you know, shorter races planned later in the year, like four milers, five milers. But I'm pretty much just taking it easy, easing myself back in seeing what feels good and, and, you know, checking out what's going on. I definitely do want to run another marathon at some point. So hopefully I'll be able to work myself back there. Yeah. And I love that you're taking this very seasoned runner approach and you're like, we're taking it easy. We're seeing how it goes. We're bringing the joy of racing into it, but not with the extreme. So I'm, I I feel like that's the mark of somebody who has been running for a while and (laughs) knows what she's doing. (laughs) Awesome. Um, Danielle, if somebody is listening to this and they are like on an injury journey and they're just feeling beaten down. Um, do you have any like last words of wisdom to share with them? I would, I would definitely say, you know, don't be too hard on yourself. I think that's the hardest part. You're so angry and discouraged. I just, you know, try not to get you down on yourself. Try to find something else that brings you joy in the meanwhile. Um, you know, be patient with yourself. Don't push yourself too hard. Don't expect too much from yourself. I've always found the most joy when I just went in and said, let's just have fun and see what happens and don't put too much pressure on yourself because I feel like that will really get you down. And it's supposed to be fun at the end of the day. And I think sometimes we forget that like we're choosing to do this. We get to do this. It's supposed to be fun. So forget about the expectations sometimes and just try to find the joy in, in wherever you are. 
Yeah, that is the best message ever. Like, it's supposed to be fun. Why are we driving ourselves crazy? <laughs> like, don't do that. And I'm saying to this to myself as well. So that is some great advice. Um, Danielle, I love to end the show um, by having you or uh, women who come on the show. I love to ask you the same question. Why do you love your body? Oh, my gosh. Um, I'm, I love my body because it lets me do all the wonderful things that I want to do. Um, it takes me places. It helps me meet people. It it just lets me do what I want to do. And I'm, I'm really, I'm really thankful that my body is doing what I wanted to do these days. Yay. I love that so much. Thank you, Danielle, for your time. You are wonderful. We shared Danielle's handle um, in the show notes. So make sure you follow her journey and root her on as she has her comeback here. And uh, thank you again, Danielle, for your time today. Thank you so much. It was great chatting with you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Dear Runner Bod. If you enjoyed what you heard, remember to subscribe and make sure you share today's episode. Also, if you're looking to download a free three-step guide to love your runner's bod, then head to serenamarierd.com. Can't wait to chat with you next week.